Hey Todd, do you know? <clears throat> excuse me. Do you know what uh, DJs and clumsy farmers have in common? <sighs> no. They both drop the beats. <laughs> Was it worth the wait? Yes. I don't know. You yes. decide. Hello. Hi. <laughs> Welcome to the Mark and Todd Cat. Oh, we don't do it. We don't do that for this show. It's I am off my game. Yeah. But I'm Todd and you're Mark. And it's been like a month. And, it uh, it has know. been a long time. I'm, long. I'm, I'm, I was on vacation, then you were on vacation, and then who knows? Something was on fire. <laughs> yes. Society was collapsing. Portland of the or, movies. And yeah. Uh, we, yeah, we did. We do keep up on Portland of the movies, which is But I'm, I'm wearing my one of my. Um, your, your hand <laughs> has a hand. My hand has a hand. I bought one of those delightful tiny hands, which I always thought were were wooden or like hard plastic i've got a set that's hard plastic okay so but this one is like a that's silicone latex, yeah. latex weird but it's such a satisfying i wasn't gonna <laughs> i wasn't gonna buy it but the thing that sold me on it was the texture of it but then it has like the the, the details of like the knuckles and the the fingerprints and the, it's just such a satisfying hmm. satisfying little thing but i also so Old old school listeners to the Mark and Toddcast will remember the episode where Mark had the alligator back scratcher. And at some point Yeah, so Nick and I were on a road trip in the middle of nowhere. We stopped at this weird little curiosity shop. Uh, this kind of guy having a perpetual yard sale <laughs> in his like garage. And he had a alligator paw, claw, hand. Yeah stuck to his you know dried out and then stuck onto a dowel put on a dowel and i i was mesmerized it turns out that that's a thing yeah uh, so and, and i don't know what happened to that that old back scratch of yours somewhere, it, I think. tossed somewhere but i was on it's probably <laughs> in one of these many many boxes that yes. are adorning your room uh on vacation to the olympic peninsula which is a place that i had never been before and one of the the goofy little shops in a place called Ocean Shores, Washington. The alligator capital of uh, yeah. the Pacific Northwest. <laughs> the Pacific Northwest. Had an actual big-sized alligator or crocodile or whichever one they had. And then they had a large size and then this small size of alligator back scratcher. But there was a run on them. And so the only ones left were the... Oh, yeah. And I got you your keychain one, which is still pretty nice and spread out. But the back scratcher I got... It's. I mean, they they must dry it out like beef jerky because it just looks like a wad of beef jerky, and so it's not a very, it's not a very satisfying back scratcher. But I'm glad to have it return to the Mark and Toddcast recording yes. table. So I love it. So yeah, I I talked to you a little bit about the trip to um, the Olympic Peninsula. We stayed. Me and my family stayed at 
uh, a house there and just uh, sort of spend some time on the beach in some of the small cities, uh, well, towns really that were around there. But I drove home and I, for anyone that wants to drive to the Oregon coast, uh, especially Astoria, the, the northwest corner, to take the route that goes through Vernonia mm. and Mist and stuff like that is, I think, my favorite drive in yeah. the Northwest. It has a little bit of everything. It's got the foresty stuff. It's got the rainy parts. It's got the farmland part. And it's a beautifully paved road. It's been paved within the last five or 10 years. So the road is great. And you don't have to sit there on 26th the whole time. And Vernonia is just a delightful little place. <laughs> and so if anybody wants to, it takes a little bit of extra time, but I guess you would just spend that sitting on 26 going right. either way, but it's such a great drive. So I took back roads and then I took the 101 kind of all the way up because I didn't want to go up I-5 to get to the peninsula, And but it was a great drive. I mean, the I as much as it is difficult to live in this <laughs> this area sometimes yes when it comes to the the larger cities there is just nothing like the pacific northwest where you can just drive in any direction 20 minutes and just be out yeah. in the middle of nowhere and like un, it's a lot like the american south in a way where if you are out especially in a place like the olympic peninsula where it is a destination like you don't you're not passing through. It takes an effort to get to and to live there. It is just a different breed of people that live in places like that. And some of them are great. And like what you would think the old town codger would be. And then some of them are legitimately terrifying and you don't want to mm -hmm. look at the wrong way. And it's just, it's kind of like the people who live in Alaska, like there is a reason that they ended up there. It was like <laughs> yes. a series of choices were made in order to live where they're living. And there has been some many bumps along that road for the most part, but it's just, it's so great. And so, and you went down to California. Yeah. So Nick, Nick had gone down to visit a friend. And so he was down there and I flew down. He drove down there. I, uh, at the end of his stay with her, I flew down and he picked me up from the airport and we took a four day weekend and uh, drove back up the Pacific, uh, up, up the coast. And so mostly up the one and uh, a lot of, you know, Pismo Beach and yeah. Big Sur and uh, Monterey Bay and, and just just amazing uh, views. And it, the weather was perfect and, and everything. We did encounter a. Uh, vehicle drive-in drive like a uh, a vehicle rally uh, in Carmel by the Sea, formerly uh, mayored by Clint Eastwood. Clint Eastwood, and <clears throat> we saw hundreds of vehicles that were in excess of two hundred fifty thousand dollars to purchase. So, like every wow, Countach and Maserati, and it's just, it's just ridiculous. There were uh, red carpets on the on parts of the streets huh. uh, for them to park, and thousands and thousands and thousands of people. It was wall to wall people, and and we we stumbled upon that um, as at right about the same time that we were looking for a hotel room for the <laughs> evening, and the the motel who goes to Sturgis? They should have plenty of room. 
at Motel 6 was $370 a night. And we're like, something is going on. What is up? Is Is Clinton town? (laughs) Is this COVID? Like, uh, and so we, we ended up staying in the city of San Francisco for $99. Which is like, Wow, unheard of! Crazy. Yeah, everybody had left the city to go to Carmel right. by the Sea. Wow, that's <laughs> so funny. Well, it is good to be back. It is one of my grounding exercises to to do the podcast. So it's nice to be back. While we were gone, a lot happened. So I'll be picking through some of it. The biggest roller coaster, of course, being OnlyFans, which went from. <laughs> The banning of any adult material to the lol JK. (laughs) We didn't, we realized that's our entire business model (laughs) and all these people are getting very upset. We we talked to IHOP and uh, turns out that uh, our, our plans to change our name and everything were (laughs) stupid. (laughs) To go burgers only at OnlyFans. But yeah, one of those interesting things, I mean, we, we didn't, talk at length about it but we mentioned it while it happened and having to navigate all the levels of legality and ethics and all of that if you're a site that offers adult material like that is just almost impossible for companies and the liability behind that has got to be astronomical so i don't don't blame them for being like oh maybe we should pivot right and and yeah, you know, there's a lot of rumors behind the scenes. I'm I'm clearly not in the OnlyFans inner circle and their executive team, but um, credit card transaction liability has been uh, a big encumbrance for them because uh, they you can't just use PayPal, you know, to okay. to do your credit card transactions. Okay. So their their fees are pretty astronomical, and then um, just getting investors generally uh just because of the complexity uh exactly what you're talking about the the liability there's a lot of money to be made but it's not easy money and um interesting so i will not be following that story as it unfolds because (laughs) i have no no reason to go to OnlyFans. um a story about LED streetlights that I know everybody is waiting on to hear <laughs> is decimating the moth numbers in England. So they did a uh, study about whether or not uh, LED lights are better or worse for light pollution uh, than the traditional sodium bulbs. So at first I thought this was going to be about uh, how lights attract bugs and how they don't fly to LED bulbs as much as they do incandescent but i think this is more just about light pollution in general and so the abundance of moth caterpillars in hedge grows in rural roads in england this story is from england uh was 52 percent lower under led lights and 41 percent lower under sodium lights uh when compared to nearby unlit areas so this is just strictly between lit and unlit areas so uh 50 52 percent lower with led lights which was more than the 41% of the of the sodium lights, which are interesting. But it goes into how about moths are the pollinators of the night. So like when the butterflies and bees go to sleep, the moths come out and they do all the pollinating because they're night creatures. And of course they feed many other things that uh, many other birds and animals that, that feed on them too. And so like when one of those things starts to get too out of balance, uh, everything else starts to go down. But it, um, it's interesting to look at as we solve some of our some of our issues through LED, how other things arise, but um, we will also not be following the story closely. <laughs> <laughs> 
But in Tesla news, they're going to actually make a Tesla bot, which is a humanoid robot for general purpose use. Uh, so uh, Elon Musk announced that the CEO believes that it makes sense for Tesla to use their significant advancements in the computer vision. But instead of deploying a robot on four wheels, the company will do it in a humanoid robot geared toward doing repetitive and boring tasks. So let me ask you, would you be more comfortable in having, let's say, like a a, a robot that fold, doesn't fold laundry? We'll give it a simple task okay. like that. Would you be more comfortable if it looked and behaved mm-hmm. like a dishwasher Roomba or like a humanoid robot and like Android type thing? <clears throat> so I think... Um, it's hard to tell. I uh, definitely having a humanoid robot robot in your house will spook the heck out of me <laughs> multiple times as I come around the corner and wasn't different masks on him, Alice, uh, to be around the corner. <laughs> but, um, at, at the same time, I think what the idea is, is the humanoid structure uh, you know, the physical nature of the humanoid structure is what our environments have been built for. Sure. And so uh, doorways, and doors and- steps and <laughs> ramps and, and walkways. And, and, uh, and so in order to be able to navigate all the things that a human can navigate, it's easiest just to copy the human structure and so I think that's probably where that's coming from. But, right. That could but, be. But. That could be. Yeah. Having the humanoid robot, I think, would take a lot of getting used to. Yeah. Especially. Yeah. I don't know about that. <laughs> anyway, speaking of, well, not speaking of anything, but uh, <laughs> going to downtown Portland, the iconic Mary's Club is moving uh, yes. after spending 60 years downtown because its building was sold. Uh, the family-run business plans on taking as much memorabilia as possible to the new location, including the signature marquee, which, of course, is the famous sign yeah. uh, outside of Mary's. So <clears throat> what I didn't know is Virginia Gorenson, the current manager and granddaughter of Roy K- Keller, who purchased the club from names, uh, namesake Mary Hemming in 1950. So it sounded like in 1950, it started with Mary Hemming. And then Roy Keller bought it, and now Roy Keller's granddaughter Virginia runs it with her daughters, which is an interesting that it's an little family a, business, a family, a female-led family business yeah. uh, that Mary's Club is. So they are gathering yeah, to take their sign and the murals from the inside. I've never, I've only seen the inside from the movies that we've watched. So <laughs> if they look exactly like the Nick Nolte or whatever <laughs> right, movie right. we've done, yeah, no, I I've been there, <laughs> been there multiple times. Uh, and there's a great, I'm there right now yeah, <laughs> doing a remote. Um, <laughs> and, um, it's, it, it looks as you arrive, like, oh, this is the diviest place ever. Right. But people are super friendly, and it's very much a, a classic uh, institution within right. within Portland. And, uh, yeah, there's murals on the walls. There was a um, Mexican food place across the street that you could order from, and they'd bring the food over, and uh, yeah, lot, lots of stuff. It, and, wow. Uh, yeah. Times. Yeah, so it's... Uh, Vicky is now in, in, in her 70s and is the owner, but her two daughters um, oversee the day-to-day process. So blah, blah, blah. They're going to try to... The new place, they said, oh, one of the unique items that's going along is a note handwritten by her grandfather to the club's original go-go dancers. That was before Aww. the performers went topless in the mid-50s. 
Uh, and then all nude. Does it, is that one of the signs that say all nude review? You often see that <laughs> on, on like the old burlesque, whatever. <laughs> totally. right? uh, like as a kid, you don't, you know, of course, know what all nude means. But the review, <laughs> like when you're a kid, you're like, well, Makes what does that mean? Right. Yeah, it's just it's like a regatta gala or something. Like that. <laughs> it's a review, an all nude review. So look out to the new Marys coming somewhere uh, near you. Google's new time crystals could be a breakthrough for long-awaited quantum computers. In a paper published last month from um, the research sharing platform, Ar- how, do you, how would you pronounce AR? So R-X-I-V, XIV, Arziv, anyway, Arziv.org. Uh, a scientist, a team of scientists describe how they set up an array of 20 quantum particles or qubits to serve as a time crystal. During the experiments, they applied algorithms that spun the cubics upward and downward, generating a controllable reaction that could be sustained, quote, for infinitely long times. So time crystal, you're going to have to help me unpack this. Time crystals are scientific oddities. Okay, so far so good. Okay. Made of atoms. Awesome. Yep. Arranged in repeating patterns in space, in a repeating pattern in space. Okay, like a crystal. Okay. This design enables them to shift shift shape over time without losing energy or overheating. Since time hmm. crystals continuously evolve and don't seem to require much energy input, they may be useful for quantum computers, um, blah, blah, blah. So that's where it loses me. I- <laughs> so... Um. Time so, crystals are a weighted benchmark showing that your system has the requisite level of control. That's a good question. I, I'm not familiar with the time crystals, but I, I definitely need to. We did do an episode on quantum computing, yeah, yeah. and it is um, mind-bending it, yeah. yeah, because you're not you know, we are very used to functional programming uh, or linear programming where uh, X plus Y equals Z and you put numbers in, it crunches through an algorithm and you get an output. And what quantum computers essentially are doing is using statistical uh, information at the quantum level to solve uh, data issues and, and right. things. It, it, it's very mind mind bending. Also, uh, the X in that do- in domain name yeah. is for the letter chi or C H I and the Greek letter, and so it's pronounced archive. <laughs> boo! Is there a boo? <laughs> I don't know where is it. We get a boo on there. <laughs> Exactly. So time crystals are a tough concept to grasp, but scientists say you can think of them like a perpetual motion machine, uh, adding a caveat to the second law of thermodynamics, which states that an isolated isolated system will denigrate, blah, blah, blah. So their existence also undermines Newton's first law of motion. So I guess we'll find out more about these impossible crystals (laughs) as they develop. We will follow that one out of all these stories. That and we'll follow this next one about hermit crabs getting, quote, excited by plastic pollution in the ocean. (laughs) So a chemical that has leaked from plastic dumped in the ocean is probably exciting and attractive hermit, attracting hermit crabs. The team of scientists in England's University of Hull examined 40 crabs found in the waters of Yorkshire. 
And they were found to react to oleamide, an additive released by plastics found under the sea. So that elevated the respiration rate of hermit crabs, which indicates excitement and attraction, noting that the product already considered to be a sex pheromone for some species of marine life, such (laughs) as shrimp. Quote, our study shows that oleamide attracts hermit crabs. Thanks, PH candidate Polish (laughs) Schermacher. Uh, respiratory rate increases significantly in response to oleamide, and she notes that a striking resemblance to uh, to oleic acid, which is a chemical released by arthropods during composition, hmm. which why it may be mistaken for food or other animals or something like that. So, hermit crabs and shrimp very excited about the amount of plastic pollution in the ocean. <laughs> we were talking about nature around the house the other day. <laughs> um, beavers. Uh, <clears throat> There is a whole a whole thing about it. so beavers are uh violently <laughs> and aggressively uh they hate the sound of running water and that is what triggers them right to build dams and so then the United States government was introducing speakers making the sound of running water at places that they needed dams built and so the beavers would do their work for them uh that's so funny it just seems cruel (laughs) you're just like literally driving it crazy It's like, must build a dam. <laughs> perpetual nails on chalkboard <laughs> right. for the poor beavers. <laughs> Beaver. Beaver. Oh, oh sorry. <laughs> sorry, I'm not plugged into anything anyway. Uh, let's see. What else do I have? Um, oh, thanks to everyone who sent this story. And there's a new uh, carnivorous plant that was discovered in the Pacific Northwest. It's a bog-dwelling Western false aphidel. No, asphodel. Um, which was first described in literature in 1879, but until now, no one realized that this plant was used a sticky stem to catch and digest insects. It's the first new carnivorous plant to be discovered in about 20 years. So yeah, they realized much like the sundew plant that Nick gave me that I subsequently killed. on accident. Uh, It was thriving, but now... So we'll see. I think he gave it to you because it was probably dying. (laughs) But uh, so I had the Venus flytraps and the pitcher plants. And then there's also ones that just have sticky little hairs on it. And it turns out that this plant, which I mean, if you didn't know that that was a carnivorous plant, which looks like (laughs) more so the the little shop of horror plants than my Venus flytraps. Um, But it's neat to see. They tested to see because the carnivorous plants live in damp soil that has no nutrients so they have to get their nitrogen and phosphorus uh, through bugs and they discovered that so it's all over the pacific northwest apparently so in other portland news henry weinhardt's private reserve is to be discontinued so um they're not owned locally anymore didn't they sell nah, out to someone a, so to russia or something okay so, oh so, uh, to molson oh, molson's from canada so they may as well be russian right um so all of these uh, 11 beers will be stopped being produced, which, oh, man, the Midwest is going to freak out because it's Keystone Ice, <gasps> Ice House Edge, Mickey's Ice, what? all of those ice ones. Mickey's? Mickey's Ice, uh, Key Lightful, whatever that is, Milwaukee's Best, 
Miller's High Life Light, Ham's, uh, Ham Special Light. They're all going away? Yes. There may be still Ham's, but at least Ham's Special Light is listed, so I don't know okay. what that means. Uh, Steel Reserve 211, Old English 8000, Magnum, whatever that is, and Henry Warren Hart's Private Reserve. Huh. So the CEO, Gavin Hattersley, said the company is, quote, meaningfully streamlining and premiumizing Oh my lord! Premiumizing. That's that's a our portfolio. That that came out of a focus group. That it, like we're not th- canceling. There things. were twenty two people involved in that decision. One of them said premium, and the others, <laughs> <laughs> and they finally had to rest on it. There were so many committee meetings about that. Well, a lot of the words that we have in English language that ends with eyes, like moisturize, are all. Fabricated marketing, by yeah, marketing. Fabricating, yeah, fabricated, fabricated, whatever. <laughs> yeah. Which is now, is now going to be word. <laughs> with just a drop of Bretson. <laughs> <laughs> One of my favorite jokes, and since nobody eats certs anymore or knows what Bretson is, is when they offer me that is say, "Oh no, my doctor no, said I can't have Bretson." No Bretson. Just for for those not in the know, for for the kids out there, certs uh, was a. a is this still? It mint. doesn't exist. I haven't seen certs in a long time. I, time. Yeah, I definitely haven't seen any commercials for certs. Yeah. And the, the little drop the of retsin. ad had with a drop of retsin. Single drop. See, and, and it had the little animation and it, it, you felt like, oh, retsin is really the powerhouse it, behind this whole thing. It's It was mineral oil to hold <laughs> the powder together to, to be a coagulant. <laughs> and so instead of saying, with some coagulant, <laughs> they invented the word they retson. premiumized they it premiumized the word retson which is uh, and, so genius uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> sales went up sales went up well yellowstone uh yellowstone on volcano was hit by 1000 earthquakes in a single month the eruptions covered vast swaths of the u.s in layer of organic ash that should happen oh wait blah 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 well, that, that took yeah. a weird turn when i just dove halfway into the story um and that will be a likely increase so uh, the latest report from the USGS might do little to dull the concerns uh, of the mega quake that is coming. Um, but there is a lot of seismic activity, which a lot of times can be good because it does relieve a lot of that pressure. Um, but yes, I was going to say, we'll keep our eyes on Yellowstone, but by the time it goes off, we yeah. will not have eyes. If you get, yeah, if you can hear this, if you're listening to this episode, then it hasn't happened yet uh, because we are all dead if the Yellowstone great basin goes up in a super volcano this is the last thing playing over speakers in some (laughs) dystopian future exactly (laughs) and we welcome our alien overlords as this is somehow broadcast past our our uh, all right. Well, some sad news. Actually, Ed Asner just died, um, uh, yeah. I think, today, which is sad news. Um, but um, some other sad 91. news from a couple weeks ago. Ron Popeil, the <gasps> set it and forget it infomercial, is dead at 86. So Popeil was an inventor and the face of infomercials of the as-seen-on-TV products, like the Pocket Fisherman and Showtime Rotisserie, his family told. Um, so he was 86. He was best known as the set it and forget it. He... Um, he is credited with coining the oft used infomercial phrase, but wait, there's more, which is huge in my life is huge. huge. (laughs) Uh, So in the early 1950s, Popeil teamed up with his partner at the time, Mel Corey to perverse to produce the first minute long black and white commercial for slightly over $500. Um, And that was for the pocket fisherman following the footsteps of his father, 
Uh, Popia wanted to create products himself, used uh, like the Mr. Microphone, which is the first karaoke machine, uh, the Pocket Fisherman, the Buttoneer, I don't know what that is, the Smokeless Ashtray, the Electric Food Dehydrator, the Inside the Eggs, uh, eggs Inside the Eggs Scrambler, Great hair, great looking hair formula number nine, hair in a can. Oh, hair in a can spray, which is that. Totally. Um, I know. I know people. <laughs> yes, I've applied that to. Uh, <laughs> I applied that to Rick Emerson during his one man show <laughs> to cover his bald spots. Yes. So the rhinestone su- studs setter laser called. Oh, later called the bedazzler. What? Wow. The automatic pasta maker and the electric food dehydrator. Uh, his products can be seen <clears throat> in the Smithsonian Museum. So huge, huge um, name. That's the only, the only thing in advertising I still have never done is is an infomercial, huh. which I've always wanted, wanted totally. to do. Not write the actual. I just want to write the bumbling fool who can't do things and needs <laughs> needs the pocket fisherman. But what about my chicken? <laughs> Set it and, and forget, forget it. it. Yeah, when you uh, first said uh, Ron Popeil, I th- my. First thought went to Pastor Peter Popoff. Uh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like he did Popoff died. Oh no, uh, he's still no, alive and kicking. Not yet. Doing great. Yes. Uh, so <laughs> there was also this thing that I sent you, and it's an AI watched four uh, four hundred thousand hours of comedy specials and then wrote its own. So yes. I wanted to uh, at least play a little bit of it, which I'm not pre-listened to. So hopefully, this is not a filthy. A filthy comedian. Oh, I'll just put my microphone close here. We can help it. Oh, fine. We can do it. We have the technology. We do. We can rebuild it. Let's um, see if my new OBS system allows me to use an external. And so you should. Turned an older age. Nope, that's still through your microphone. So you gotta select. I got a systems preference. This. I gotta not nerd this. Output. Roadcaster Pro Stereo. That's the one. All right. So this is an AI doing its own comedy routine here. I just had birthday. Turned an older age. I am now so old my birth certificate is death certificate. <laughs> not, not bad. Not terrible. How are dentists real? You touch enough tooth and get a job working in my mouth. I hate the economy. <laughs> <laughs> Solid. <laughs> I just had birthday. Oh. Turned an older age. Sorry, I am- repeating his material. So that is, there's a whole um, Reddit thread about that if you wanted to follow. There's, um, I believe, three and a half minutes of this uh, this comedian. Here the stage. A comedian. <laughs> a comedian. I just had birthday. Okay. Oh. Back up here. You touch enough tooth and get a job working in my mouth. I hate the economy. <laughs> Was there an AI? Politics audience? are happening again. Yeah. <laughs> there are too many flags. If flag wave at me, I have to wave back or I am canceled by culture. Free speech. Not no more. Cost $17. <laughs> Just jesting. I'm kidding you all. To prove I am kidding, here are some kids. <laughs> I have a feeling that might become Did. my new favorite thing when I get home is AI comedian. That's amazing. Uh, there's also a quick little story about a Tesla autopilot that kept 
confusing the full moon with a traffic light and it kept slowing down because I thought it kept getting close to a traffic light. <laughs> but the most important reason, the reason, the real reason we have come back to record another episode of the Mark and Todd cast near and dear to my heart, cream savers, <laughs> the delicious hard candies are returning to yes. the U.S. after a decade off the shelves. Yes, 10 whole years, the shelves have been bare of cream, cream savers. savers. The iconic swirl of color, colors, the hard candies have been missed by fans, to say the least. This article gets it exactly right. <laughs> it feels your pain. So they say, this is all to say that if the consumers can make enough noise, uh, magic can happen. The beloved sweets are headed back to the stores this year. So uh, they are from Mars Wrigley, the iconic candy. The brand has pioneered the candy's return. When does it say the timing couldn't be better? So that must be coming out uh, soon here. I, I'm i not a huge candy fan, but I am a sucker for any, um, any drink or anything that has the... <laughs> The, the Werther's name because <laughs> you're a hundred years old. <laughs> I like a good caramel. <laughs> no, the the or like the orange cream or the the strawberry cream or raspberry cream flavors. I love like there's the 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 Zoy yogurt has a strawberry cream and a and a raspberry cream flavor that I just <clears throat> love. So I am ecstatic that the orange, the orange and strawberry cream. Cream savers candies are <laughs> headed back. So that I will be following for sure. More to come. So that is all. Cool. Well, um, <clears throat> there seems to be, there, there were, uh, there's a lot going on in private space flight. Uh, especially recently, we've had multiple uh billionaires launched their ideas so we've had uh, richard branson has been to space like the very although not an astronaut <laughs> although not an astronaut uh the very minimum uh to to meet the requirements of going to space as has uh jeff bezos and um and then he made the uh, some statements afterwards that were um panned uh, to say to say the least <laughs> anyway um the ai audience booed him <laughs> exactly <It's>, <laughs> he he thanked his amazon employees and all of the people that have ever purchased from amazon thank you because you paid for this yes. and uh that was awesome <laughs> i was trying to find the booing again anyway. um so um so i thought i'd just do uh, just a two minute recap of what the, the status of uh, different private space flight is currently. So uh, for there's kind of two big categories. One is cargo. One is humans or crew based and um, who, uh, which companies are providing cargo services do you know any of the cargo companies i would say spacex because i always hear about them bringing yep. up little pieces of the SpaceX ISS. is the only one that i knew okay <laughs> so, yeah so i guess well, I, just on the outset the only ones that i know of are are bezos uh virgin and um and musk space. and SpaceX. Yep, yep yep so uh th those are the three that we know uh 
as, as humans that normally watch the news because they catch the most attention because they have humans that are uh, newsworthy yeah, uh, yeah. to to attach to them. So uh, Northrop Gr- uh, Grumman uh, Innovation Systems also has a cargo-based vehicle uh, called the Cygnus. Cygnus, not sickness. It's sickness. It's called the sickness. Uh, called the Cygnus that uh, is also able to carry 3,500 pounds of payload to orbit uh, and to the International Space Station. Um, Dragon 2 is made by SpaceX. Okay. And so the Dragon is uh, able to carry 3,310 pounds of payload to the International Space Station. And of these, SpaceX is the only one that is actively uh, performing and uh, okay. everything else is in tests or in development and and still uh, SpaceX is the only one that's actually, uh, like literally today, there was a mission on SpaceX to wow. the International Space Station on a Dragon. And uh, the third one is uh, Sierra Nevada Corp. And they're making the Dream Chaser cargo system that's able to carry 5,000 pounds of payload. And I've never heard of them before today. No. And so, so those three are cargo-based. The, the next set are the crew-based uh, ones. So these folks are focused at bringing humans mostly into low Earth orbit and SpaceX is the only one that has current trajectories outside of low Earth orbit to the moon and Mars. Um, so SpaceX has the Dragon 2, which can carry up to seven crew members to low Earth orbit and and, and to uh, the International Space Station. And they currently have a starship that is on the... Um, on the pad waiting for approval from NASA to do an orbital test. And so uh, the Starship is able to carry up to 100 human beings. And um, it's gone through some successful high altitude tests, but it's never been in orbit. And it's ready to try to go into orbit using a super heavy uh, engine with uh, I think it's 17 Raptor engines uh, underneath it. Just just massive amount of fuel and all the things. It doesn't have the boosters on the side. It's just the big, massive, um, super heavy uh, main engine mm-hmm. uh, thing with a Starship on top. And Starship is, is going to be able to carry 100 humans into space and ultimately to Mars. And um, does that part detach? Like, yeah. do the boosters come off then? Yeah, yeah. So the super heavy uh, engine is the launch launch system that is in two stages, and it comes back to Earth. Okay, and you swap and then, out a different head on it. Yeah, and then the um, the starship itself is that big silver classic looking uh, spaceship. Right, uh, it's very right. spaceshipy looking. And so it will have um, uh, heat panels on the bottom as it will be re-entering similar to how the space shuttle re-enters oh, okay. and, and slow down. But it's got some winglets up front and some fins on the back and a bunch of engines and able to kind of coast in and then land vertically uh, on a platform uh, just like we've seen the boosters land uh, sure. on, on land. Yeah. 
And so that's that's SpaceX. Um, Boeing is working on Starliner, which can carry up to seven crew, and it looks very similar to Dragon and, and doing all the things there. Um, they've had some setbacks recently, uh, but they're they're pushing forward. They've got their own team, and so Boeing is in the race with Starliner, and they're doing things, but they're not yet certified. They haven't completed humans around the do earth. Do you have anything? to take off from a NASA complex nope. <clears throat> or can nope. you just like build one in your backyard? So if you SpaceX want. has built one in their backyard <laughs> in uh, Boca Rica. Oh, that's right. Um, that one town that hates him because he's constantly <laughs> shooting off rockets. <laughs> Pretty much. And so he's created Starbase. That's right. Uh, in uh, in Florida. And, and so, yeah, uh, it has to be certified by nasa if you're going to be doing nasa missions and okay and so that is literally what they're waiting for right now is the environmental impact reports coming back from nasa about the starship uh to get starship approved it's literally standing there waiting to be launched waiting for nasa to give the thumbs up wow um so Blue Origin is the company under uh, Jeff Bezos and, and Amazon's money. And so they had the Biconic space vehicle uh, that has since been retired. So they... they the B- oh, the BSV. The, the old BSV. <laughs> uh, and the Biconic was launched using the New Glenn, named after John Glenn, mm. the New Glenn uh, launch system. Those have been um, superseded by the new Shepard, named after Alan Shepard. And I'm wondering if they get permission from the families to do that and like how... I'm sure they do. You would have to. So anyway, um, so named after Alan Shepard, the new Shepard launch system of the new Shepard thing, which can carry up to six crew. And, um, And so that is in testing currently. That's what Jeff Bezos took to, he didn't go in orbit. Right. He went to, you know, 71 miles or whatever, right. and then, then came back. Um, and so Blue Origin and SpaceX were both in a competition with NASA to build the lunar lander for NASA's next trip to the moon. So NASA didn't get all of the budget that they needed lots of covid stuff lots of you know lots of uh finagling so they didn't get the budget they wanted and so they originally were planning on uh selecting two providers and each would provide their own lunar lander and so they so spacex and blue origin were the leaders and and that's what they were going to move forward Mm with congress didn't get the money they needed so nasa or, or Congress didn't provide the money that NASA needed in order to do two. So they only selected one. They selected SpaceX. And so what did Jeff Bezos do in, st- in, in response to that? He provided a suit. Um, he sued NASA in, in such a way that it has literally shut their computer systems down. They had... NASA's a, or Jeff Bezos? NASA's. Uh, so the filings were up to 50 gigabytes in storage volume which crashed the 
acrobat readers on NASA, which has then put a stay on the uh, legal process. The judge has granted them an extra week in order to fix acrobat so that they could read the filings from Jeff Bezos. (laughs) And so meanwhile, um, the judge has also, so they, they granted, uh, the contract to SpaceX. SpaceX commenced building things. And um, then this lawsuit was introduced. Uh, NASA has asked everybody to pause, but make this expedient uh, because they have targets to get to the moon and any legal delays causes significant delays down the road Mm -hmm. in trying to make that happen and so the the judge granted uh just basically like six weeks to deal with this entire lawsuit that's 50 gigabytes and and so uh and so meanwhile elon musk is tweeting making fun of jeff bezos saying you know uh if you focused as much on your rockets as you do litigation, maybe uh, you would have a, a better orbital vehicle in, in what place. Is that? Uh, all that stuff. All right. So all that's going on. Um, the SpaceX has made swift progress on its Starship system and has moved the program along using mostly private funds. In the meanwhile, the first Starship pro- prototype bound for orbit should be ready to launch in a few weeks, according to uh, Musk just uh, a week ago. But the rocket can't launch until the FAA finishes a lengthy environmental review of SpaceX's launch site at Boca Chica, Texas, the company's central starship hub. Boca Chica. Um, Boca Chica. And so uh, the other players in the game, uh, so we've mentioned Boeing, uh, Sierra Nevada Corp has the Dream Chaser with seven crew. And then there's um, the Virgin Galactic. Uh, then there's Branson. Richard Branson. And so his company is actually called the Spaceship Company, uh, oh, which is brother. owned 70% by Virgin and 30% by some other billionaire. That's such a, not just a lazy name, but because <laughs> it's there's the boring company too. Yeah. It's like, get, get your yeah. own gimmick. Uh, so Richard, their launch system is called white Knight two and their spaceship is called spaceship two. Is that the Dick ship Uh, that he went up with? That's Oh, that's Bezos. That's right. Yeah. His looks very phallic. Okay. I couldn't Um, remember which one that was. Yeah. And so that's, that's kind of the the state of, uh, the apparatus is you've got a bunch of billionaires. Uh, it's, it's interesting, you know, (laughs) None, none of these guys are saints at all. Uh, what I do see is Elon Musk has definitively defined his trajectory and why and the purpose and and right. the path to do it. So he like wrote uh, PayPal, he built PayPal, sold PayPal, had a bunch of money. And then he's like, okay, well, the world needs to be interplanetary so that when this earth burns up we aren't dead 
And so I'm going to help with that process. So right. in order to be interplanetary, we need to have a space company. In order to do that, we need capital to do that. We can build an environmentally conscious vehicle company using uh, electricity and uh, artificial intelligence, which will all help to build this starship in the end. He's been able to... to <clears throat> sell his vision or at yeah. least tell people what his so people yep. think of him more i think people think of elon musk as a visionary then a billionaire yeah some mostly yep. whereas you see branson and like all these other people at, and bezos as just people jerking off with our money right sort of right totally. so that's yeah. an interesting i made a PR. bunch of money what can i do with it right versus uh, I need to do something. Let's make a lot of money to do that. Right. 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 Yeah. That makes sense. Oddly enough. Yeah. Huh. So wow. there you go. That's, I mean, that's crazy that it takes that long to describe private companies in space, <laughs> <laughs> like just as a concept. Yeah. And there's a lot of people who have been taking tours of uh, the Boca Rica. Boca Chica, Boca Chica, Boca Chica, uh, uh, facility. And they, they very much come, come away with this feels like the space race of the fifties, um, and, and, and sixties of the Apollo program. Right. And so everybody singularly focused, like we are building for the stars and, and we're, you know, pointing up at the sky and, and doing it. Wow. It'll be interesting. Yeah. Interesting next five to 10 years for many, many different reasons, but that being one of them. So, <laughs> well, unless there's anything else, let's bring a close as I'm looking at the beautiful package of strawberry cream savers that <laughs> I'm going to be on the hunt for now. Um, thank you for all of you who are listening. Indeed. <laughs> That's all we got. I guess. I don't know how to do anything anymore. Um, oh. Do something else. Do my eyebrows. <laughs> yes, thank you for listening. Listen to Fun Employment Radio. We are on there when we do our shows. Listen to Portland at the Movies. We just did a 1993 movie called... Uh, um, I wasn't thinking of that. Uh, the Temp. The Temp, yes. Thank you. With Laura Flynn Boyle and a guy we kept calling William Hurt, who is actually <laughs> Timothy. That I kept calling, calling William, William Hurt. Hurt. That nobody corrected nobody me. Nobody corrected because we didn't know the <laughs> other guy either. <laughs> who was really William Hutton or something. Uh, Timothy Hutton and William Hurt. There we go. There's our, there's our white guy actors that I'm confusing. So go listen to that. Um, take a look at the map of portland.themovies.com slash map. Go visit Dr. R.I.P. VHS. Give me another sub, man. I'm thirsty for more subs. <laughs> I'm at 5,600 exactly right now. Let's see if that changed within the show here. 5,601. There we go. Oh, yeah. That's the market podcast so, bump. Yes. <laughs> Surprised you didn't lose one. Uh, <laughs> uh, you probably happened. did lose one and gain two. And gain two. So, yes, thank you for listening. I'm going to take us out a little bit more with this AI comedian. So, thank you. (laughs) He's drinking. Politics are happening again. (laughs) There are too many flags. If flag wave at me, I have to wave back or I am canceled by culture. Free speech. Not no more. Costs $17. I mean, that is a Borat. Just I mean, jesting. you can see Borat I'm doing that, too. I'm kidding you all. Absolutely. To prove I am kidding. All right.
So anyway. Hungry. Help me open his face to get popcorn from microwave. What? Now it's just devolved into his head is as a microwave. It is not real. It is not popcorn. It is popcorn. It's just now a surrealistic comedian, nightmare. A comedian who owns items. I am a prop comedian. Okay. Everybody. All right. Thank you, everyone. Knock, knock. Bye. Oh. I love door jokes. Who is at the door? Who is at the me? Chad. Chad who? Chad, Florida. I invented Florida. It was a hot mistake. I'm telling you, this guy. I'm sold. <laughs> Bye. Bye.